couple members of the Randy Newman fandom discussing one of his songs at random, followed by another that's a cover. It's Wheel of Randy. I love that theme song so much, I don't have the heart to tell him that he got the premise wrong. Welcome back to Wheel of Randy, everybody. Every week we discuss a couple of Randy Newman songs. First one is the pick of my guest, then we spin the wheel and talk about one at random. Wheel of Randy is part of the Good Trash Media Podcast Network and is brought to you by Wade Engineering. Stay tuned after the show for a message from Wade Engineering. Spoiler alert, it's just me. Let's start the show. It's Wheel of Randy! Hey guys, it's Dan. Quick content warning before we start this episode. We're discussing the song Ghosts today. Ghosts contains a racial slur. It's not the big one, it's not the N-bomb, but... Whenever my grandmother said this word, my mom would fuss at her for it. Full disclosure. All right, here we go. Jason Sims here today, folks. So, some of my followers are going nuts, and some okay. of them are saying, who is Jason Sims? And one note real quick. I'm sorry. Yeah. One note real quick. My, the dog is here. There's a dog here, and he may make noise. Just let you know. Oh, I'm, we, I mean, we encourage that. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. If you need to start over, I, I apologize. Oh, we do it raw around here. <laughs> Jason grew up not too far from me. Uh, he lived in Huntsville, Alabama for quite a while and uh, went to the church right next to my church. And for some reason, we've never met in person. Yeah, I grew up down in Coleman. That might be why. Coleman's a little bit south of Huntsville, is that right? Yeah, but I did live in Huntsville uh, for, for a while. Uh, re, you know, last oh, 10 years or so. I left Huntsville in 91. And so when I would hear you talk about Huntsville from time to time, it got me strangely nostalgic. Oh, I'm sure. And at the same time, reminded me why I left. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Having also left, uh, I can relate. I was foolish enough to move from one hot climate to another hot climate. So you've got one up on me there. Yeah, well, Right now, yeah, it, it was very pleasant. I tell, you, I tell you, I just recently went from the shore, the Jersey Shore, which is lovely, to Richmond, Virginia, which in its own way is also lovely. Just a weird time to be here. Uh, and they, on the shore, they have something called the ocean, which I, I suggest if you can get yourself an ocean, an Atlantic Ocean, get one because it's nice. Uh, and they have the breezes there that make heat bearable. Here in Richmond, they don't have either of those things. Closest I had to a beach growing up was Gulf of Mexico, and you wouldn't really get that kind of a breeze there. No, it's a haul. The yeah. Gulf is different than the ocean. Like the Atlantic Ocean, like I'm, I'm, if the Atlantic Ocean had a Yelp page, I would give it a very good review. I imagine it does have a Yelp page. We should look into that. Sure it does. Jason, you and I are both fascinated with the same small little thing. And that is John Solomon's Christmas Marathon. We are. We're, we're aficionados. And I think a lot of that is that, that for a month, I'm bombarded with bad Christmas music. 
Mm-hmm. And then Christmas Eve rolls along, and John just gives me a respite. Yeah, and, and there's stuff that I've never heard anywhere else. There's stuff that you wouldn't hear anywhere else. And, like, I've, like I've been honored uh, to have a few audio pieces played on there. Um, Your one about the wasps is uh, really special. Thank you. That can be found online. Uh, if you want to, if you want to look for uh, an open letter to the person or persons mailing me boxes of wasps, that is a Christmas story. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it so much that with your permission, I will tack it onto this episode. Oh, certainly. Certainly. An open letter to the person or persons mailing me boxes of wasps. As you know, at least once a week for the past three months, I have received in the mail a box full of wasps. The last box contained upwards of 150 wasps. I'm sure you also know that I'm severely allergic to wasp stings. I'm sure that's why you keep mailing me wasps. It'd be quite the coincidence if it wasn't. It may come as some disappointment to you to learn that, despite your efforts, I'm alive and well. Now, as a gentleman, I feel I must tell you that most of the wasps are dying in transit, significantly muting the effect I believe you're trying to achieve. Look, I'm not going to pretend that I don't understand the heady glee of giving the gift of angry, living revenge. I had some success in similar endeavors in my youth. A swarm of bees in a shoebox, a handful of scorpions in a mailing tube, even a single funnel web spider secreted away in a birthday card. I mean, I mailed them all, and they arrived alive and did their job. In fact, I would be happy to share a copy of my personal notes on this enterprise. It's the season of giving, after all, and I'd be happy to give that gift to you. Please write me with your return address. I know you know where to send it. I look forward to your reply. Affectionately yours, Jason Sims, Huntsville, Alabama. P.S. If you're concerned that I'm lying about the state of your wasps and that they're still alive and still angry, and I'm just going to mail them back to you so they can attack you, rest assured, they're very, very dead. Also rest assured that I will get you, just not like that. I'm not a child. Happy Holidays. All right. This is the season after all. I mean, really, any, look, much like giving gifts and, and cheer, really any time of year is an okay time of year to mail a person a box of wasps. I find. You're just, the delivery on that is so deadpan. Just, Thank it you. puts me in the Christmas mood. It should. It really should. The other thing that you and I have in common, uh, we're both, you know, what, mid-40s, late-40s? Is that about yeah. right? Yeah, I'm 45. I will be 46 Christmas Eve. Okay, I'm about a year ahead of you. But both of us had our kids early. Um, My youngest is 19, and now I'm looking around going, now what? 
Yeah, my youngest is 23. It's yeah. weird having kids at the age that we did because, I don't know, when I go to PTA meetings or something, it seems like all of the parents were either 18 or 40. Yes. And now we're looking around going, are we done with that phase of our life? What do we do with all this extra spare time? All this yeah, time? I consider, I, I describe myself, I'm not really, but I do describe myself as a retired parent. <laughs> I'm not, you never really are, but you kind no. of are. <laughs> um, it is different. It's a different phase. Um, and here's a weird thing for me about it is that your children kind of become your peers very quickly in a way. And, and actually my children and I have a lot of the same taste in music and entertainment and things like that, because we kind of almost are not, we're not that far off from each other generationally. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, 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 it's a strange dynamic because my, my mother was a lot younger than my father. So my mother and I were kind of like that, but my, my dad was definitely from a different, different generation than I was. Um, like a farther, more further removed generation, mm-hmm. you know, than I was. So I didn't really have that experience with him. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, it is a, it's a strange dynamic. One other thing that the audience should know is that Jason ran a delightful podcast called Converjasons, which is hard to say, <laughs> but it was, it's just a series of just gentle sincere conversations sometimes with strangers sometimes with friends and it's just so relaxing thank you thank you so much for saying that you know i haven't done you know as you as you know being a listener it's you you talked about it in the past tense and it probably is in the past tense i don't know carmen uh, the producer of that uh my friend carmen and i we've talked about what we're going to do going forward we don't know it's just the world kind of ended yeah, and uh, on one hand, you would think that would be a perfect time to have a, a podcast where you're talking to people on the phone because people have time. But it got to where I just did not want to talk to. I just not want. I didn't want to have a hundred conversations about the pandemic and about and about um, about quarantine because I was experiencing it, and we're all we're still experiencing it, and I'm done with it. I'm over it. Uh, I thought there was a light at the end of the tunnel, but now it looks like there's not. And I don't want to talk about that really, but it is that's kind of one of my you know that's taking up a lot of space in my head these days all that and everybody it's doing that for everybody and and it's disrupted so much in everyone's lives and i really just didn't want that to be because i knew that would be the topic of every call yeah we don't need we're all talking about it already (laughs) you know so it's like (laughs) so it's like um but i'm you know i'm really really there were some really wonderful conversations some with really good friends and some with strangers that were, that were nice. And, and I'm glad that we did it and we may do it again one day, or we may do something like it again one day, who knows, but I'm glad, thank you for your kind words about it. I'm glad you enjoyed well, it. it. It's something I always looked forward to. And that was my subtle way of saying, when am I going to get new Jasons? Well, like I said, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay. Carmen, I, like we've talked about it. Uh, in fact, I called him one time from the middle of the Pine Barrens in New Jersey. We had a conversation while I was walking out in the Pine Barrens uh, about what in the world we were going to do. And I just called, basically just kind of check on, check up on him and his family, see what they were doing. They've been fine every time I've communicated with him. He's a great dude. He worked so hard on that thing. Like, like seriously, one of the reasons why 
I think those episodes were, went so well is because I was so relaxed because I didn't really have to do anything except call someone at a, call a number at a certain time. That's all I ever had to do. And he, and I never knew, I never knew who I was calling and, uh, or who was, cause we were really calling into a number, you know, we weren't, call, wasn't calling anybody directly. Uh, so yeah, he, Carmen really made that thing work. I really appreciate him. Something you touched on. I think you're right that people don't want to talk about this. You know, I've read, read a couple things. Uh, I, I read a history of the Spanish flu and, and one of the things they talked about is how after it was over, people simply didn't talk about it. That's interesting. Almost like, you know, World War II veterans would, yeah. would stay real quiet. But We're then I was reading uh, Cliff Nestroff's I'm sorry, uh, go ahead. book. Hmm? No, go ahead. I was also reading Cliff Nestroff's uh, History of the Comedians. And he yeah. talks about how vaudeville just really exploded in the 20s. And I think it's in part because, you know, no one wanted to talk about the war or the plague. That was behind them. This was a new decade. And so it was just 10 years of silly entertainment. That's an excellent book, by the way. I learned so much from that book. I did too. I, I don't think I would ever have gotten on stage if I hadn't read Cliff Nestroff's book. Well, it's, it's really fantastic. I mean I, learned, I mean, I thought I was kind of a comedy nerd. And I read that book and I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> this guy this guy is i'm not a, i'm not a comedy nerd at all uh but yeah i was gonna say maybe it'll be like that because you know i've, I've had a lot of conversations with my girlfriend about like what is this going to be do to our psyches you know like us as in the collective of us you know like what's it going to be like going forward what and and maybe we just don't talk about it but there's so much documentation like everybody has a camera all of our pictures are going to have these dumb masks on you know all these maybe there'll be an app that can take the masks out of your photos you know <laughs> i don't know. i don't know i think we need to keep the masks because we need a hundred years from now people to see hey look those old timers wore a mask weekend too yeah well they'll have parties maybe maybe they'll have like theme parties where if you're you know from the two the 2020s you wear a mask yeah, roaring twenties parties. Yeah, they're always there, but every hundred years, the, the, roaring, the roaring this time was from the uh, coughing. <laughs> the cup. too soon, probably too soon. Well, Jason, before we get to Randy, yeah, that's what this podcast is about. Well, nominally at least, you <laughs> obviously have not listened very much. I understand that. Just so the audience has a better feel for who we're talking about. Um, what are a couple of, of things you've been listening to lately? And what's something you listened to a lot in high school? Oh, my word. Lately, just honest, to be honest with you, my life is in such a weird space. Like, I normally listen to music when I'm working on things or when I'm, when I'm driving or something. And I haven't been doing much of either of those things lately. Uh, so I've been listening to music here in the house where we are and I, and they have the, they have those are like direct TV here. So I've been Leslie listening to the Latin jazz channel, all the direct nice. music choices. 
where they seem to play the same 12 artists over and over again, but that's okay. I don't know who, who any of them are anyway. Uh, I'm much less of a Latin jazz nerd than I am a comedy nerd. So I don't know who any of these people are, um, but it's just fun to listen to uh, in the middle of Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> you know, just listen to Latin jazz. So that is, that's a thing that I've been listening to lately, which is atypical for me. Also, I've been listening to uh, this, uh, there's a YouTube video that's 10 hours of these singing bowls. These like, I think they're Tibetan maybe. <laughs> and like chimes and stuff. It's all like Zen stuff. I've been listening to some of that just nice. to, to not lose. We'll, we'll put that on from time to time just to chill out. So in high school, in high school, wow. So I listened to a lot of Soundgarden. Yeah. yeah. Uh, listened to a lot, of, a lot of Faith No More. So interesting enough, like I had an old Faith No More song get caught in my head the other day, like one with their original singer, uh, which was odd, just out of nowhere, the song, I think it was called Spirit. And heard it in a hundred years and it got stuck in my head the other day. But I listened to like a ton of Faith No More. Uh, and then the other group that Michael Patton was in called Mr. Bungle, listen to that a lot. Listen to, I don't know, Public Enemy. Oh, that go over in Coleman. It's all right. I had my headphones off. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> there was another dude I went to school with, Sean Murphy, who he was the other, and there was another, there were two guys I knew in high school that also listened to Public Enemy. Uh, and then, um, I think Sean Murphy might have kind of introduced me to, I think MTV introduced me to Public Enemy, but I think Sean let me borrow his tapes so I, before I got my own, you know. I listened to a lot of Beastie Boys, listened to, like, like I think Paul's Boutique was out when I was in high school. That's Beastie mm-hmm. Boys yeah. I listened to more than anything. Oh, Paul's me too. Boutique. And I listened to a lot of Led Zeppelin, Queen, The Beatles, Concrete Blonde, uh, The Ramones, you know. They could have just shipped out. It was the nineties. They could have just shipped out the the packet, the box of what you're supposed to listen to. You know, and I would have, that would have been like the pretty standard package, I think, for a dude like me in the nineties. You know, and high school didn't have a as well college radio scene. And then when I went to school in Norman, even Norman didn't have a college radio, so it was hard to find this kind of stuff. Yeah, we had. I don't know if you remember, I don't know if this was on when you were in Alabama. There, there was a, so there was a station out of Birmingham. I believe it might've been I-95 or it might've been, actually it might've been Rock 99. And there was a guy named Cody J. Cody J. Calhoun, who was kind of a fixture in Alabama radio for a while. Uh, he had a show called The Edge, which was in the late, early 90s uh, out of Birmingham. And he would play a lot of like new wave and, uh, kind of like uh, alternative music, but he, he mixed in a lot of like European music, like this band called The Essence, which I think are kind of a worse sounding cure. A lot of people really oh, like yeah. them. Uh, but they're, they're Swedish or something. And he played a lot, of, a lot of English music, you know, new wave and post-punk and then a lot of like current alternative stuff. So that was really the only kind of way to hear anything like that on the radio. The only real lifeline I had was that a guy a couple of years older than me in school uh, ended up at Princeton 
and he would just tape WPRB and mail us the tapes. That'll do it. Yeah. So other than that, we had you know we had MTV. You had like 120 minutes. Yeah. And then Alternative Nation later on, but 120 minutes was great. And then of course, once I met other people, they had you know tapes and things that you'd swap and make mixtapes, and then you end yeah, up. Yeah, but then you have to be around people. Yeah, I know. Look, that was back in the days when it wasn't deadly to be around people. Okay, fair enough. Or as good. It's always a little bit, right? I, I always try to let the my younger audience know how much we had to work to find. Oh stuff. my goodness, yes. Like you no. Know, no, it was like right now a kid gets into something, you could have the entire discography right now. <laughs> do you remember do you remember I used to scour the liner notes just to try to figure out things about the artist and about the the songs. Like I just look for clues, like in the images and in the, and then sometimes the lyrics on the liner notes would be different than the lyrics in, that were on the recording, which. Yeah, yeah, Beastie Boys would do that. Yeah. Concrete Blonde. Yeah. Concrete Blonde. Well, editors a, know. Yeah. It was really, really weird. Um, but yeah, you used to just, you could not learn everything about something in an afternoon like you can now. I'm shaking a cane as I say this, by the way. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Well, speaking of current acts, yeah. uh, what Randy song have you brought to the show today? Oh, buddy, let me tell you what. I have not even listened to this song in preparation for this because I cannot listen to this song without crying. Now the good times start. <laughs> now the good times are going to roll. There's a song called Ghosts. I believe that's the title, right? Yeah, yeah, Ghosts. Uh, for our audience, you know, we don't have the rights to this. No, of course not. Pause and pull up the album Born Again, and the song we're talking about is Ghosts. Get your hanky. No kidding. God, Countdown Races, sing this song. Do da, do da. All right, Jason, give us your best DJ voice for We're Back. And we're back! <laughs> this song, man. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I put the lyrics in the chat. You need to go back and look. Oh, and even the lyrics do it. Oh, God. So you and I, just to get this out of the way, you and I have both, both lost fathers. Yes. I lost my dad last year. And, and my dad uh, has been dead since, for five years uh, as of July. Okay. Um, so this song, although this is not completely parallel with details from my father's life, that's what I think about every time I hear it is like his kind of last several years, some episodes from his life, some things from his life. Yeah, uh, the song, he's in just a long decline. Oh, it just guts me. This song just sounds so lonely. So like, even if I, I think, I mean, even if I did not have that emotional connection to it, it's, it really is like uh, the texture of it is just lonely and dark in and dark in a in a way like they're like hopelessness in a way you know there's this hopelessness to it this patheticness to it the fear i don't know like i've i've almost got i don't know like it's almost too much why did i suggest this song man what did I <laughs> why did i agree what am i doing i keep wondering is he on his deathbed for this you know, I'm, I was thinking about it today 
And I think maybe he is. I hope it's not like a suicide thing. Part of me makes me makes me think it's like a suicide. Because hmm. the apology. And I don't want to be all alone anymore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. You apologize this a couple times, don't you? Yes. Uh, and I just want to know what it was all about. I'm sorry. So it could just be, you know, the normal, uh, you know, deathbed thing. But it, that makes me, I was just, like I said, it, that's the first time it ever occurred to me. Then it may be like a, a suicide huh. involved in it, but I could be wrong. Uh, the apology could just be like apologizing for not having the strength, you know, to go on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? But it, like, it's it's such a bleak, a bleak uh, picture there. Like my my father, like I said, that wasn't exactly his experience, but he did. Uh, you know, he he went through. He got divorced when he was in his early fifties, and did not handle it well. Uh, and and there were some other things that came to his life, some some substance abuse issues that came to his life because of that, because of the way he handled it, uh, which he hadn't had before, really. And his basically his whole life like imploded. Uh, I watched that happen as I was kind of starting my life. I watched his life implode basically. And he had, you know, even, even within that time, he had up, up times and down times or whatever, but he really never got back on what you would call back on his feet. You know? Yeah. He was, he was kind of diminished by it just in a, way of the way he lived his life. Like he was kind of diminished by it. Uh, and so he did live alone uh, and he did, and he died alone, um, you know, and, um, and he was not quite in a, a as grim at the time, that time he was in a better place than he'd been sometimes, but sometimes he had been in places where he was scared to go outside, you know, cause he'd been a bad part of town in Birmingham or Huntsville. Mm-hmm. He would be, he'd just be paranoid and, and, and and he would be scared to go outside, and uh, you know this was definitely not the way he was when I was grow when I was growing up, <laughs> you know. So to see him that way, and uh, and I say everything I say about my father, I say with absolute love and respect. Oh, we can feel we can hear that, yeah. Even even though he and I we had a, my father was very hard to know. He was distant, but not in the way a lot of men are distant. He wasn't distant like in a stoic way. He was just. He just, we, we all, everybody that knows him kind of feels like he kept a lot of himself inside himself and we don't really know why. Uh, so I really was hard to connect with in that way. Uh, and, but the thing I can say about him, and I always want to say this about him when I talk about him, the one thing I can say for him is he never, ever, ever said a bad word about me to me. And he never, uh, he never uh, looked down on my dreams. Yeah. Uh, always was encouraging of those things. And not everybody can say that about That's their true. parents. So I'm very I'm, thankful to have a similar experience. Yeah. But that's one reason why this song really affects me is because I can see some of the elements in it that I know was probably very similar to what my father experienced, you know, towards the end of his life. My dad experienced that on a, a much shorter scale. Yeah. Uh, you know, my mom passed away in March. And then dad just kind of hung on until November. Wow. And the decline was remarkable. Yeah. I I was uh, Skyping him the day before he died. And he 
he said something that stuck with me. He, I think he knew that he was close because he said, sometimes life just gets weary. Mm. And I see that in the guy on this song. Yes. I, um, a friend of mine, her father, her grandfather passed away a few years ago. And I remember the last time we went to see him in the nursing home where he was recovering from having been in the hospital. He was going to be going back home at some point, I think, but he was just there, you know, recovering. And I could just see it in his face because I'd seen him a few times before and he was always vibrant. Mm-hmm. And just see, I could just, there was something about like, it was almost like, it was almost like an image of Christ uh, going to Golgotha. <laughs> you know, it, there was this, weight on him and this weariness on him you know that was um uh, i i have not seen it you know before especially on, on him so yeah uh it's it's and he it wasn't long after that he you know he passed away um yeah it, it can change very quickly i got a lot of well-meaning uh well wishes after my folks passed but one that was very sincere and kind of stuck with me. And I wonder if you've had the similar experience. This, this friend of ours said, Dan, now you're the patriarch. <laughs> so I don't, I'm not sure I can handle that. <laughs> no, no one mentioned that to me. Mainly because they look at me. Although when I had my beard, I might've looked sort of patriarchal. Uh, <laughs> In the right light, if you didn't hear the dumb things that I say on a regular basis, you might go, oh, that guy's distinguished. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Nobody really approached it that way because it's like my family was kind of small. So my dad's side of the family, everyone's old and almost everyone's dead now. There's like seven of us or something. Like seriously, there's mm-hmm. only like, they're only like counting my children That's and my, my cousin's children and my sister's children that's all six. We're three of us. There are nine of us left. There are nine descendants of my, uh, the whole line. That's it. Like the whole line. Once you, once you come into my grandparents, uh, there's nine of us on the earth. Yeah. And I'm not even the oldest. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the youngest of my generation. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's been, so, you know, it's been, that's been different, you know, since my aunt, my aunt was kind of the matriarch of the family and she, that side of the family. And when she, when she got, when she got in poor health, which she is, she's also died uh, since uh, that the family kind of as such, as far as a group of people who get together at Christmas and Thanksgiving, that kind of ended. Like we communicate, but uh, we don't really get together except at funerals anymore on the side of the family, which is unfortunate, but that's how it is. Um, yeah, anyway, this is, a, this is such a good time episode, Dan. Aren't you glad you had me on? Just bring a little sunshine. I may have to play God's song just to bring the mood. <laughs> okay, let me hear your theory. Why is it called ghosts? I think it's because he's haunted by those images from the past. You know, and, and he mentions his son, and I have the sense that maybe his son doesn't come and see him. I think so too. Yeah. And and he and he thinks of him, and you know, having kids, like I still think of my kids. 
even though they're, they both can shave and buy beer. Uh, I still think of them as little kids sometimes. You know, I can close my eyes and I can see them running around. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, and I know my mother still sees me as a, as a little child, uh, especially when she, when I, whenever she reminds me to do things that I know to do as a 45 year old, <laughs> which is almost every time I talk to her. Uh, but I love her and I'm glad she's still here. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's called ghosts because, cause, it, cause the first, cause he talks about, you know, his past, like it, when he was in the war and it's, you know, his, his son. And I think, you know, maybe it's not really alluded to a lot in the lyrics, but I think that's probably what it is. I can see that. Yeah. What, how about you? I think that they're, whether they're real ghosts or not, but they're memories that he's talking to. Yeah. Because he talks about how he's so happy when, when, when they smile at him. Yeah. And it's uh, like you, I don't think it's the sun. I think the sun is either estranged or dead. Yeah. But at the same time, whoever he's talking to, you know, like we said, he apologizes to them. It could have been his wife. Could have been. Painful to even name her. Yeah. We're really reading deep now, I think, but maybe it's painful to even, for him to even uh, name her. Because that sounds like a romantic thing, you know, in the beginning. Yeah. For a little while, you know where to go. I've nowhere to go. It makes me so happy when you smile at me. One okay. last little thing. Yeah. He's in the same house because his kid grew up here. Yes. But he's living in one room. That's interesting. That's kind of how my grandmother lived her life. She had yeah. a recliner and by golly, she sat there by the window unit and watched her soaps and the rest of the house just wasn't there. Well, you know, a lot of times people will like, especially if they're worried about money, they will like block off the whole rest of the house so they don't have to heat it, yep, cool it, and maybe live in one room. Or maybe he's sick, maybe because he's ill that he just because of the gout. Yeah, he's he has everything in the one room. Yeah, because of the gout. Yeah, I keep imagining that next to last scene in No Country for Old Men, where he goes visits his uncle or something, and. He's living in this one room, and he made coffee last week. It's still good. <laughs> but yeah, this one gets me. Oh, man, it's tough. You hear that noise, Jason? Yes. That's Carol Merrill dragging out the wheel. It's time to spin the wheel of Randy. This is exciting. You should be able to see on your screen the wheel spinning. You see it. And... For our audience, if you want to play the home game, go to Twitter at Wheel of Randy, and my pinned tweet is the wheel. All right, press your luck style. Yell stop. Spin the wheel, spin the wheel, spin the wheel of Randy. No whammies, no whammies, big money, big money, stop. All right, we've landed on Sunny Boy. Give me a minute to pull this up. We will listen to this cold. Not Al Jolson, Sonny <laughs> Boy. You ain't seen nothing yet. Audience, go listen to Sonny Boy, and we will see you in a few minutes.
Bet my money on a bobtail drag all the yeah. doodah day. What the hell did we just listen to? <laughs> I'd never heard that one before. That sounds recent. That's off his 2017 record, Dark Matter. You know what? I I'll enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a story. Story. I'm not smart enough to know if it's true or not, but it sounds like maybe. I think I'm kind of turned off by this song because Randy does not play a convincing blues man. <laughs> it's not Billy Crystal's jazz man, no, but, it's, but it's close. There are some moments, there's some cringy moments in there, but you know, as, as such, I, the story was interesting. Um, I will say I like the video. I don't know if we're allowed to critique the video that because I don't know that listeners may not see the video. The video I imagine they will. I, that's I the link it. that I'll put. Yeah, I enjoyed the video. I, I don't know how much how true the song is, but I, I there are plenty of stories of old time musicians that got screwed. Oh, absolutely. Usually they're getting screwed by somebody. Usually they don't get screwed by another musician. But who knows? Like maybe maybe that was some promoter that did that, you know, that put the other Sonny Boy up to it. Probably so. Hey, are you familiar with the with the uh, story of the fake zombies? Yes, but tell it. I love this story. But I don't. I mean, I may not be the best person to tell it. The best person to tell it would be uh, Daniel Ralston, uh, a friend of mine who actually wrote an article about the fake zombies. Uh, I forget where it was published. But yeah, he wrote an article, a really good article. If you just looked up Daniel Ralston and fake zombies, you could find the, the, the album. So, like, I guess it was, like, back in the 60s, there was this band called The Zombies. Were they from England, yeah. if I remember correctly? And so they had, a, they had some hits, and nobody knew what they looked like. So there was a promoter somewhere who put a band together and toured them in the United States as The Zombies. And there might have been more than one. Now I'm thinking about it correctly, but there was at least one. And one of the guys in that band was one went on to be in ZZ Top, if I remember correctly. That's correct. Yeah. So it's just this crazy thing where back in those days, people maybe didn't know what an artist looked like. So they would they could just put a – and I don't know how many times this happened. I don't know if this was a thing that was common that happened. Uh, but there was money to be made, and somebody figured out how to run that con. Stephen Foster – was kind of the first victim of this because there were no copyright laws. Yeah. So anyone could publish his sheet music and he never saw a dime off of it. Wow. And, and someone said, that's a business model that we can expand. <laughs> now I like the arrangement in the song. I will say that I like the music. Yeah. I like the arrangement. You know, he, he, he's got, New Orleans credentials. Yes. You know, he's not faking it. No. Kind of an odd choice. Like, it really, the, the, I don't know that the medium is, wouldn't you want to do a blues song? <laughs> I mean, if you're speaking in the person of this blues man, wouldn't you do it as a blues song? That might have made it too on the nose. That I'm might have saying, put it in jazz man. That's church. why I'm not Randy Newman. That's why he's Randy Newman, I guess. I guess. Oh, the oh, wheel. Could, uh, it was. It was okay. I have to check that rest of the album out. 
it starts off, Dark Matter starts off with a uh, evolution debate. Oh. And it is not one that is made in good faith. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that, that whole album isn't one I listen to a lot. <laughs> but the wheel knows what it's doing. Oh, the wheel the wheel's knows. telling us. Just trust the wheel. Time, time to revisit Sunny Boy, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. Or to visit it. I'd, I'd never heard it before. It's the first time I've ever heard it. Next segment we have is called This Week's Cover. This week's cover. And every week I try to highlight a Randy song covered by someone else. There's a great version of Ghosts that's done by Holly Cole. And I'll put a link to that up. Um, she is Canadian and she's apparently best known for doing Christmas music, Canadian Christmas music. So, so this is we're perfect. going full circle here. So this is perfect to do ghosts. The most yes. festive Randy Newman song. <laughs> but it's it's just her and gosh, it's been so long. It's either just her and the guitar or her and a uke. Uh, and oh, it, it, like- it, it's lovely. So Holly Cole's version of Ghosts, that link will be on our Twitter feed as well. Jason, that's about it. How can people get hold of you? Well, you know what? I'm not up to much these days because the world ended uh, temporarily, hopefully. Uh, I, I ain't up to much. I'll tell you that. Um, I'm trying to do some writing. I would love to get back into doing some performing. Uh, I just, you know, I, I thought I was going to do some video stuff and some audio stuff, but guess what? I just haven't. Uh, except, I'll tell you this. Uh, I, I'm, I did a bit for my, my friend Andrew Hollywood is in a band from Birmingham called the Hollywood Horses. And if you look them up on Bandcap, Hollywood Horses, there's a comp out. It's a comedy and music comp called, um, oh boy, I can't remember what it's called, but it has the word showers in it. It's called like, a, it, so it's, a, it's a, for charity, it's to raise money for portable showers uh, for homeless people in Birmingham. Uh, which is a really good cause. Yeah. And uh, so uh, if you look at, go to Hollywood Horses Bank, if, if you give me a second, I could look it up. Uh, that's the last thing I've done. And I'm very thankful to have gotten to do it. At least it's a .bandcamp.com address. Let's see. Uh, it is hollywoodhorses.bandcamp.com and it's called Shower Power. Shower and, Power. And there's some pretty funny Birmingham comedians on there and some pretty rocking bands not the least of which is the Hollywood Horses out of Birmingham, Alabama, who I've had the pleasure to to both sing a, a couple songs with and do some comedy bits at some of their shows. Um, Andrew is a funny, talented human being. We'll put a link to that out there. Yeah, and that's the last thing I've done other than this. Uh, so most recently I've appeared on uh, um, The Wheel of Randy, uh, yeah, that's the official podcast of the Wheel of Randy. Yeah, could could you link to that to the, the episode of the Wheel of Randy that I'm on? Uh, <laughs> it's like when we were kids and we'd program ten, go to ten. <laughs> so that's it. That's if, but people can find me on Twitter at Jason underscore Sims. They can find me on Instagram at Insta Sims. But you ain't there ain't much going on. 
it's a good fall of forks. So definitely do that. Yeah, I'm just look, I'm just waiting for you know oh, we're I, all I'm just we're all just in limbo. Yeah, I'm living my life here. Uh very, very happy here with my girlfriend and the dog. Uh Charlie, the dog, and enjoying what we can enjoy of Richmond in the state that it's in before the college kids come back, which we just found out they're going to be coming back any day now from all over the earth. Uh, they're going to open schools here, which I think is not, is not smart. And we're just going to never go outside until we leave Richmond. <laughs> I kind of started this podcast because I was like, if I can get one person to stay inside for the night. <laughs> <laughs> You've done it. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing your part. Well, you know, hero is a word that's thrown around a little too much. Well, you don't have to say it. I'll say it. Oh, I'm blushing. Yeah. All right. That's it. Thanks for coming, Jason. Oh, man, thanks for having me. Well, that's it for another week here at Wheel of Randy. We are part of the Good Trash Media Network. Thanks to Matt Fraley for our theme song. You can find Matt's music at moternmedia.com. That's M-O-T-E-R-N. Thanks to Brian Mays for our artwork. Best way to reach Brian is on Facebook at Brian Mays Art. The background music you're listening to right now is Rock and Gravel by Sid Valentine's Patent Leather Kids. And I'm using it because it's public domain. Wheel of Randy is brought to you by Wade Engineering. That's me. That's what I do during the day. I am a water and sewer engineer. I'm registered in Oklahoma and Texas. I'll register in your state if you ask nicely enough. Most of what I do is small town water and sewer engineering, but I specialize in hydraulic modeling. I build computer models for water systems, and that can help you plan your water systems more efficiently, and it can also help you with your homeowner's insurance. If you're a city official, you need a water model. Wade Engineering can be reached at 405-426-7634, and we would be happy to talk to you. We'll see you next week. Bye. It's Wheel of Randy.